Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Well, welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio, Nikki. How are you today? Are you having fun on this day of PodMax? Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I'm having so much fun. I think this is amazing doing like back to back to back podcasts, but like with a moment to be inspired and chat in between is uh, genius. I'm having a great time. How about you? Oh, I'm totally having a great time. I've had great interviews already. The first two that I did earlier today, and then just listening to the speakers has been really good. Um, listening to John David Mann was really inspiring to me. Yeah. The author of the go giver. In fact, I've already dropped him a note and said, you know, I don't get very many guys on my podcast, but I would love to have you on there. You wouldn't be the first, but um, I've extended an offer to him already. So we'll see how that goes because- Fingers uh, crossed. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I've been looking forward to talking to you. So where where are you at? Tell me, let's start with that. I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, I moved. You were one of the early bird risers this morning at 6 a.m. Yeah, nice and early. (laughs) I actually I work East Coast hours, so okay, so you're used to that by seven. So it it wasn't too difficult, but that 5 a.m. man. You were Colorado. Yeah, I was even from Colorado. It was an early time start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And I'm just excited to hear about your journey. I'm excited to dig into influencer marketing, because I think that's something you and I are both really passionate about. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear your wisdom in this space. But I really want to start with your career. It started with the Shorty Awards, which is, wow, what a, a great place for it to start. You know, Shorty Awards, the best of social media. Can you tell us a, about your time there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually just like started as a contractor associate producer through the show. Like, I think I had a six month contract. Um, and we did, we, we did like a full season of it. And I actually, I, it's a long story, but I managed to get some stuff through customs on a Friday night and they were like, okay, don't look for a job. Don't look for a job. Stay here. Huh? Yeah. And what does that mean when you're a, an associate you said producer. So I think my first day they said, here's our general inbox. There's a thousand emails, figure it out. Um, <laughs> it's very much like you are the bottom of the totem pole. Start with the very pay your dues. So um, you're having to just roll up your sleeves and dig into all things that need to be done. Yes. Everything not sexy. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so by the time I left about five years later, I was actually the showrunner. Um, and well, I think the biggest change we made during that time was when I arrived, anyone could be nominated for a shorty award in anything. It was, they'd been doing everything the same way for seven years. And, um, back then the internet was a much kinder 
place. Mm, interesting. So it it became not a great long-term strategy for nominating people for their work. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that uh, my team and I started doing was handpicking all of the nominees in the creator competition. So we were handpicking over 500 people a year across 45 different categories to be wow. nominated for a Shorty Award. So I would spend six months of my year researching, just like super, super in the weeds, deciding who to nominate, and then six months producing the show. Wow. So you were digging through social media probably all day long in those six months. Yeah, pretty much since then, I haven't stopped. (laughs) Wow, 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 wow. So what what did you learn? I mean, what was was rising to the top at that time? And and, and I want to hear also how that's really shifted, because I think what you just said, the internet was kinder back then is something I want to touch base on. But let's start with what what was rising to the top back then that 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 really made people's presence on social media worthwhile of value. I mean, tell me, tell us more. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely the time when influencer was a little bit more of a dirty word and people really looked down on it and mm-hmm. thought Ugh, these are like failed actors. Mm-hmm. But my favorite part of the job was highlighting creators who had been putting their most vulnerable selves on the internet. So trans kids who had documented their entire um, journey on YouTube, Mm -hmm. you know, people who were activists, people that were artists and it was global. So we were nominating people from all over the world. And oftentimes I would hear from them my family didn't understand what I did. They told me to just get a job. They didn't respect me. And now that I've been nominated for this award, they finally understand and they are proud of me. Mm. And for me, that was all I needed. You know, if you can, social media, I mean, is very polarizing and there's a lot of bad. I mean, there's so much bad on the internet, I think, especially now, but I really used the platform uh, for good and for highlighting those who were making a big difference in other people's lives. Mm, I love that. Mm. And I think you can still do that. I, and, and in fact, I, I know when I think about what's in my feed, I, if there's, if there's a lot of negative, um, vibe coming off of something, mm. I will remove it from my feed. I don't want to get caught into the ugliness of it. That's very healthy of you. And I think that that is, a very smart way to survive the internet. And I recommend anyone listening does the same thing. You really can curate your corner of the world to be a place you want to be and a place that enriches your life rather than adding more stress or anxiety or pain. Yeah. And I mean, I can think, and I've actually had some personal things happen in this year with family that I had to just remove from my feed, which Mm -hmm. was, which was a, difficult choice. Yeah. And it was, it was such a a kind of energy that I didn't want to be in. It was the right choice, but it was, you know, I don't know. What do you, what have you noticed in this past year that has surprised you most? And, and what, what do you think that, you know, we can be doing to, to shift up what, you know, the nastiness that can show up? Well, I'm sorry you've had a rough year. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was, it was just, it wasn't a rough year. It was a, it was a, a rough situation. That's, let's put it that way. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, that being said, I mean, it was the strangest year probably of anyone's. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. And we were all at home more than ever. We were all attached to our screens mm-hmm. more than ever. And I think we have just turned the knob up so high to sensitivity to anything on social. And it's also really personal to follow someone, right? Right. It is this microchasm, this documentation of your life and your innermost thoughts. It's very an intimate relationship, if you really think about it. It is, it is. And I think in this past year, the thing I've really had to do is like close the laptop. When I'm done working, I put my phone in the other room because I... I can't. This just is like, how you make your living. So you yeah. are like you are cognizantly doing pushing those. Right, because if I don't put the phone down, I'm working twenty four seven. Right. So right. I really like put it in the other room. Say I had enough time doing this today, and I try to be present in what's happening around me because uh, I'm way happier <laughs> that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. And it, it is really wise, really, really wise. So let's go back to the time at the Shorty Awards. What did you really personally learn during that time that, you know, I'm sure, some, you know, over the course of when you were, looked at those first thousand emails and that, yeah. you know, when you were producing the, the, the event, tell us more about that. I mean, I learned everything. <laughs> we were like a team of four, sometimes five and We did a lot. So, I mean, beyond just the technical side of it, I mean, I was on top of doing creative. I was managing the website and developers and designing, you know, digital products and also learning how to produce a giant show and run live streams and, uh, you know, also run our social accounts. And like the last year I was there, our budget got cut and we couldn't afford to pay anyone to do like our animations mm-hmm. that would happen before each category. So mm-hmm. I just spent a weekend learning how to animate. So <laughs> it, it was real culture shock because I left the shorties and went to Target where resources are just in abundance. Mm-hmm. And it was more like, how do I stay in my lane? And not offer to help everybody else because I was so used to just doing everything. Yeah. 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 But I will say, I think the most important thing that I learned was there's two things. One relationships are everything. Mm -hmm. If you connect with somebody and it feels like someone you've known forever, hold on tight, Mm. see what you can do to make their lives better. Nice. Um, And then I would say the second thing is learn how to manage up because that's such a good, good point when you're in that, when you're in that place. Right. Right. And you know, it, as someone who was doing everything and was so young, you really like, it becomes a really personal thing. Like, I think I took, I try not to take jobs so personally anymore. Um, but I really had to like learn how to get my message across, pitch for things that were important to me and, you know, really hustle to get the budget to do the things that I thought were really going to push the show in an amazing direction. Right. Right. So let's talk about influencer marketing. What does that mean to you? Oh, wow. Big question. I mean, it has such a 
it's, I like feel embarrassed saying influencer marketing almost, even though it's like a $10 billion industry, just because the word influencer has such a taboo, but really what it is, is human to human connection. Yeah. And if it's done well, it doesn't even really feel like marketing, right? It just feels- So give us some examples of some of your favorite. So my favorite project that I did at Target alongside Kate Abbott, the head of social at Target, who's amazing, was a web series called Let's Target, Mm -hmm. where we took a digital creator and a like mainstream celebrity and took them to a Target and just sort of let them go wild. And then we shot a second season in isolation with this amazing agency, Portalay, who figured out everything for us. I don't know how they did it. And we did an at-home Let's Target. So you kind of got a peek into everybody's Mm -hmm. home life and Mm -hmm. hear how everybody was sort of surviving this crazy time. And for me and for the whole team that worked on it, it was not about selling a single thing, right? The products were a bonus. It was not about monetizing anything. It was 100% about brand love and putting smiles on people's faces. Mm. And making a connection too, right? Where people were connecting with, with those celebrities in a right. way that that made them think, oh, the draw them into that. And like, oh, they're a real person. Right. Right. We they really shop at have, Target. They shop at Target. You get to see, it's kind of like what's in my bag. You know, it's like, what's in your Target cart? What kind of band-aids do you buy? People love that. Mm-hmm. How funny. Yeah. Whaler actually is so amazing because we So tell everybody what Whaler is. Oh, yes. So so after Target, I I made my way to Whaler, which is um, a tech-powered influencer company. And we are on a mission to liberate the creative voice. And I'll explain what that means later. But we are also the first people to have done a psychological study on the effect of influencer marketing on the brain. Mm. Which is so fascinating because we compared it to television advertisements, right? Which are meant to be general. Whoever sees it, they want to see it on the product, yeah. right? It's not specialized. It's not targeted at you at all. And we found that when you compare TV advertisements to influencer content, it registers as 277% more emotionally intense. And it's 87% more memorable. Oh, wow. Wow. Because Why is it? Of the humanness ah. of it all. Because it's somebody that they are already connected to and, and have an, um, an affil- affiliation for, a, a liking of. Exactly. Um, and sometimes it's not even necessarily like a, a liking, but something that has like drawn you in and you got there in some mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. right? To see this mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. And I think that really works. There's this phenomenon where when someone sort of starts out at the beginning of their career, if you know them you're, and you love them and you kind of see things through their eyes, you're really rooting for them. Hmm. So as they get more and more successful and you know more and more popular, it also feels like your success as much as their success. Mm-hmm. We found um, when I was at Target, we did the 20th anniversary of the design collaborations which was amazing. And we worked very closely with Bobby Burke from Queer Eye, Mm -hmm. who is the absolute best. And the first thing that made him care about design was the very first collab that Target did with the architect, Michael Graves. He went into a Target and saw it and thought, oh, design is for everyone. 
So the amazing thing about that, you know, 20 years later was that Bobby was a part of that campaign and he was a, the, a part of a lot of the imagery. So whenever someone from his audience saw that imagery out in the wild, they would put it on social and they would tag Bobby and then Bobby would reshare it to his followers. Mm-hmm. So that advertising went a million times further because it was organic and based in a real human experience. Mm, I love that because it's, you know, if you go back to the television advertising, it's, it's so static and it's just, there's, there's not, it's boring. It's like we, if we can, yeah, if we can mute it, if we can, if we can scroll through it, whatever that looks like for you, we don't pay attention to it, but this becomes a way to land in front of people and in, you know, a very different approach. Um, So really fascinating. What makes for a good influencer campaign? Letting the creator do what they do best. Mm. So what's so, when you talk about the creator, who, tell us what you who you mean and what you mean with that. Well, I think of creator as the nicer way of saying influencer because okay. typically somebody. Okay. So it's actually content. it is the actual influencer. Yes. Find yes. their creativity. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, each of these people is a writer, a director, an actor, a producer, a marketer, an editor, a distributor. They're all of these things in one. Uh, that's really scaring Hollywood. But they're creative. They're a one-stop shop. Mm, that's really scaring Hollywood. I never thought of it from that perspective. And why? I think there's something... People are always afraid of newness, right? Mm-hmm. And afraid of something that they don't understand. And I think because social media really took off with a slightly younger generation. Right. I think there was a, an attitude and still is from a lot of Hollywood of like, oh, whatever, YouTube influencers, yeah. whatever, they yeah. can't do anything. But when you actually like peel back your bias and look at what they're doing and how many people they are reaching, it upsets Hollywood because it's going a lot further than what they're doing. That's really interesting. And and you saw that a lot in even just like advocacy that you celebrities taking advocacy levels and mm-hmm. um, or political stances. And you saw a, this, you've seen this a lot in this past several years where there is a different voice and, and they stand up, you know, that's totally not in their room. And they're like, okay, I'm going to stand up over here for something that I believe in. Yeah. And it's been really powerful, really, really powerful. And goes a long way, right? Because you're speaking, the thing about working with an influencer is you can literally pinpoint who your message goes to. If you study their audience data and you speak to the creators and say, hey, do you talk to a lot of moms in the South between the ages of 25 and 40? Mm -hmm. There's so many women who can reach that group. And if you wanna be speaking directly to them, it's so much easier than any other kind of marketing because it's also now, I mean, Instagram has made everything so shoppable. It's, it's almost too easy to buy things off of Instagram if someone mm-hmm. recommends them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs. They are, you know, coaches and consultants and they're, you know, they're putting their voice out into the world and they're building their brands at, you know, at the scale of the level that they're building their brands. What have you learned from influencer marketing that could really apply to, 
to those those solopreneurs, those entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. those small companies to help them think through how they show up on social media? Yeah, absolutely. I love that question. First off, you have to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Don't sit down with a piece of paper and say, okay, I'm going to build my marketing strategy and we are going <laughs> I see that Walmart is doing this and Target is doing that, that. So we are going to do that. No, you have to be yourselves. You have to talk the way that you really talk in real life. You have to show up in a way that feels really natural to you. Don't force yourself to be creating content on a platform you don't know at all, right? Like go where you already have people who know what you do. And the second thing I would say is be really consistent. So post regularly, ideally or on the same day or on the same time so that people will kind of know like, oh, Cammie's podcast, that's coming out this week. I haven't listened to it yet. Bam, play. So be yourself, talk like yourself and be consistent. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And it's just showing up as you, which is so true. And and I love that you say, just throw out the traditional Mm -hmm. marketing plan that you're going to sit down and write. I teach my clients that all the time. It's like, it's, you got to create your brand, your marketing approach from the inside out. And when you do that, you start to show up as you, and no one can be just like you. Yeah. And then it's like you, you, you move the competition out, you open up the door. So I always say there's no such right. thing as competition because you're, you're just, just showing competing up against you. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I say the same thing. Yeah. So it's, it's just a way to really find ways to be connected to your communities in whatever right. way that is. I love that. I love that. So I know you're really passionate about advocating for creators in minority groups mm-hmm. or influencers in minority groups. Yeah. Um, yeah, tell us more about the work you're doing there and and you know, what's what's just tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm I'm really lucky. I was born to a really interesting set of parents. My dad is a US diplomat and my mom is an immigrant from yeah, Turkey. I, I read awesome. that. I love that. What a, what a great early life you must have had. Really lucky and she's a software engineer too. So, I grew up around computers my whole life. And I was really lucky to get to see a lot of the world at a really young age. Mm-hmm. Where'd you I live? Think, where did we live? We lived in Japan. My parents met in Turkey. We did like Iceland, the Netherlands. Um, my dad was in Uzbekistan when I was in college. So my senior year spring break of college, I went to Uzbekistan, you know, not the beach. Um, <laughs> it was wild. It was a wild party. It's probably much more culturally, um, with so much more cultural wisdom that you got there than from a spring break. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think the main thing that I noticed, especially in Uzbekistan, we, I remember we went to a carpet factory, just like the nicest carpet factory in town. We're going to drop by, swing by, and then we'll take you to the gift shop where you, they're going to want you to buy a million carpets. And we walked through and all of the women who were weaving these carpets were like my age and had headphones in and were, you know, working away. And they all smiled at me. And I thought, could have been born here, could be doing this. This could 100% be my life, right? 
And my mom also always said to me, she would always talk to me about the discrimination she faced at work and how often she was overlooked for things. I remember her saying to me after my prom pictures, none of the other parents looked me in the eye. Mm. And once that kind of hit me deep in my bones, I was like, okay, I have been given every privilege. Everything that has happened in my life has been an absolute gift. I need to help those that have not been given those same gifts. Mm-hmm. And my ability is in pulling other people's stories out of them, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I love producing content. Right. Try to get people to really be themselves. Um, and I mean, obviously, everything that has been happening in this country for even, you know, since its inception, um, hits those same parts of my heart. Sure. And Whaler is extremely committed to diversity and inclusion, especially in the influencer space because of how poorly creators of color have been treated for so long. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about PodMax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next PodMax event. And I think you mentioned how they're paid, how they're just everything all the way around. An enormous pay gap. My my mentor and our CMO, Karen Spencer, was head of creators at, at Vine. And she always tells the story of putting all of the creators... Um, like the top creators into a group chat on Twitter Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, when you get offered a brand deal, drop it here and drop how much the offer is. And of course it would mean like the white male influencers would say, I got this deal. They offered me $10,000. The black male influencers would say, I got the same deal. They offered me $5,000. Wow. The white women would say, Oh yeah, me too. They offered me $2,000 and some product. And then there weren't any black women in the chat because black they women- They weren't even in the conversation. Right, because black women are so often bullied off of the internet before they can even start to realize their full potential. Mm. Makes me really mad. I get really worked up about it. And- There is so much owed to Black women, but especially Black women on the internet. Mm -hmm. And when I look at these big brand budgets and I think about what I'm able to do with what is in front of me, it's get people paid. 
So, so I this really, is your ability. To, you you know that there's this big chunk of dollars and you're like, I'm going to shift up the, the, right. the mix and how this money because is allocated. I, I have the credibility and Whaler has the credibility to say, these are who the you should work with. Here's the campaign. Here's the strategy. Here's mm-hmm. what you should pay them for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are really, really pushing for some pay parity and pay transparency in the industry. And I'm hoping we will get it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and what what a great opportunity to work for, for a company that is standing up for that, that mm-hmm. you can step right into your passion of of really making a difference with a company yeah. that says we're going to we're going to change the way this is done. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, no one's perfect. No one is without mistakes. Everything is a work in progress. We're all doing our best every day. But when you have that alignment of values with the people that you spend so much time on, it time with, it just makes everything easier, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my good friend, Brian Kramer, termed the phrase mm-hmm. human to human marketing. And so H2H marketing. Love that. And um, I know you are an advocate for this type of connection. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you incorporate that into your relationships with your clients, first of all, and yeah. and then into the work that you do with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So cool that you're friends with him. Congratulations, Brian, on coining the term. Um, (laughs) Well, the one thing that, uh, again, Karen always says is if you start with the creativity, you're going to make it to the sale, right? Because creativity drives emotion. Emotion drives memory. Memory drives recall. And recall drives sales. Mm. And that is the beauty of influencer marketing that is done well. And what we do is try as hard as possible to get brands to get their cooks out of the kitchen Mm -hmm. and say like, at the top, here's what you want. Here's your goal for this campaign. Here's, you know, the talking points you want them to hit. Here's the KPI. Thanks so much. Let's try to have you give as few notes as possible because the creators know what works they understand their audience better than anyone else could because they built it brick by brick. And frankly, it's way more effective than any other type of advertising. And honestly, just so much more fun, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's when you start, I mean, my, my community is called Extraordinary Women Connect, which is all about connecting great women to great women, right? So there's this game, there's this game of connection. I'm going to call it game because it is, and it's not even a game. It's, it's, it's real. It's what happens. It's natural. It's natural. And it's what we want to do. And it's the, 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 the connection, the relationships that take place. And and you talked about this very early on. It's about the relationships are so important. Absolutely. And when we can raise that all up together, we are better at what we do. And people, there's, you build this no love and trust factor in the mix of it all. Right. I mean, I, I always say like, there's never really a me, it's a we, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if you want to give some praise or you want praise for whatever reason, give it to someone else Mm -hmm. because it doesn't, you don't lose that light. It just bounces right back and everybody gets to move up that way. Beautiful. That's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So if we wanted to start influencer marketing in our businesses and we want to start small, where would somebody begin? 
I would start with whatever platform you are the most comfortable on. Mm -hmm. So the platform that naturally is the most interesting to you. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like you need to just like make a million accounts just to fill out the footer of your website um, because it's almost worse to have a bunch of accounts that aren't active. Right. So pick your lane, pick where you want to be and start really creating content that is something that you want to make that naturally comes out of you that has a call to action. If you're doing video or narrative content, I always say, make sure it has a beginning, a middle end and end mm -hmm. and engage, engage with the people that you look up to, you know, leave comments, DM them, understanding that they may never DM you back, but that's how I've made some of the strongest relationships in my life is through DMs. Um, and like I said before, just be consistent, show up, think to yourself, is what I'm saying, adding anything to someone's day? Yeah. And if you don't think it's going to add anything, I don't think you should post it. There you go. That's really good. Because so, so often people just put stuff. Right. Stuff just falls out because it's so easy, right? Like right. the post button is right there. Mm -hmm. But that's why we have so much noise. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want to come back to that noise question. Mm -hmm. um, so let me just drop that down. But um, the the part that I want to finish that whole thought around is when I think about, about my podcast, I have, you know, been able to reach out to just amazing people and people yeah. say, yes, I'd love to do an interview. Right. And when that happens, you know, you, you think about who are the people that you, you follow that you are so inspired by. Yeah. And when you reach out and you ask them and they say, yes, and, Woo, it's, so and it's, it is so exciting. And it's like, then you get to have this real, I mean, this, I think why podcasting is such a beautiful mm -hmm. medium because you get to have real conversations with people, yeah. you know, and when you find people who, that you've been, you know, following that you are just, you know, kind of wide-eyed or like, I'm thinking of Beth Comstock is one that's coming to yeah. mind right now. So when she said, I mean, I literally reached out to her, I think on LinkedIn and said, Hey, would you like to be on extraordinary women radio? And she was like, yes. And yeah. so it's like those little nuggets of relationships that build and I would guess that, especially in the world of influencer marketing, when you're talking about what you're doing is you start to build these different relationships with people and there's, it becomes a connection, a web of people yeah. that are in your community that you might reach out to at another time for something else. And it, it just grows and evolves. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about the Shorty Awards was not only was I nominating 500 people, I had to email 500 people to tell them they were nominated. Yeah. So, and then they were like, whoa, they loved you. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Sometimes <laughs> people go like, what is this? Um, but for the most part, yeah. And I was really lucky to get to build some really wonderful relationships with talent and talent representatives and people who worked at brands and people who worked at platforms. And it's honestly a pretty small industry. And people talk as you know, they do in entertainment. And I can say without a doubt that I would not be in this industry any longer if it weren't for the friends that I had made along the way. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. What were, when I'm going to go back to the shorties here for a moment. What sure. were some of the factors that really brought, who were the biggest influencers that you, that you 
we're picking out and you know that you that that you remember most who do i remember most well so my last show we had Kathy Griffin host mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i was actually the first person to hire her post donald trump head scandal okay like she had not been able to get a job oh, oh wow okay she was amazing she was fantastic she was so fun. She was so positive. She was so genuinely interested in the people that were there and being honored uh -huh. and just amazing energy. And she's, so, got, she's got such bright energy anyway. Uh, she is the best. I am a ride or die for Kathy Griffin. Um, and then some of my, my favorite people were the people with the smallest followings, yeah. you know, who yeah. this was a really big deal to them because it was also a really big deal to me. Right, right. And if they were there, it meant that I had spent a lot of time deep in their content. So similar to how you were saying, like you really start to idolize people. Before I nominated someone, I would spend at least four hours wow. on their content. Mm -hmm. So you get to know them pretty right, well. Right. I will say, um, my like number one YouTuber who I watched even before I, I worked at the shorties was Casey Neistat. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I don't know him. him. No. The guy, he's kind of, um, he kind of like reinvented vlogging or invented okay. vlogging. He did okay. a daily vlog every day okay. for like two years. Wow. And he hadn't even started, that vlog is really what made him super famous. And he hadn't even started it when I invited him to his first shorties. So it was really, really fun. He came pretty much, I think he came every year. So by the time it was my last year, it felt like we had kind of gone nice. on parallel paths together. And then we worked together at Target and that was just really special. So who's your favorite person that is just epitomizing, um, you know, the best of influencers today that would be somebody to follow and just kind of study? Yeah. You know, there's someone I really love who I don't even know. I'm sure if someone said you were picked as the best influencer to follow, she would be horrified. But uh, there's this woman named Pia Baroncini who is the creative director of a clothing line. Mm -hmm. She is the CMO of her husband's clothing line. And she has a million dogs. She's pregnant right now. She lives with her mom. They live with her mom in her childhood home. And she is so honest and so real. And she talks about, you know, how hard it is to do everything she's doing. She's not bullshitting anyone and saying, oh, it's so easy. Look at my life, la di da di da No, she's like, this is exhausting. I'm so tired. And she has this, her husband is Italian. He's like very Italian. So she'll like film him watching soccer games and just screaming Italian profanities. Yeah. And she just brings you into her life in a really intimate and real way. And I love that. And I, this just came up for me. I'm going to ask you about the Rachel Hollis thing. Have you tapped yeah. into that? Yeah. Any, any that. thoughts on just on how, you know, what happened there and any, just any perspectives? Yeah, I think there are so many white women on Instagram who keep saying that they are listening and learning and reflecting, mm -hmm. but they are not listening nor learning nor reflecting. Right, right. And and not not coming back and standing in, 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 in true apology or anything. So just not 
thing. Yeah. It's so disrespectful. And I think just lazy, like to, to just, it's a privilege for her to be so flippant. Yeah. 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 And so to be aware of our privileges and to, to be cognizant of how we're showing up as leaders Mm-hmm. and making right choices. Right. right. And, and a lot of, a lot of people that are famous say, Hey, listen, I didn't want to be a role model, but by putting yourself in yeah. that light, it's yeah, inevitable. I agree with that. And there's a responsibility. Like there is a responsibility that comes with all of the money mm-hmm. that she is making as well. Right. And, you know, and she, she leads a large community. And so a space for her to, to help people stop and think about important things like this. I think that's important. She could be doing so much good with that platform. And, you know, I think she's probably just a little too wrapped up in herself, but yeah. Uh, Rachel Hollis fans, please don't come for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think there's some evolution there and it's, it's learning for all of us. And that's what I, you know, when, you know, frankly, we, you know, any one of us can step into some place that we shouldn't. Absolutely. And you know, the more we, we really look at the, the scenario in our world, it's time that we wake up and do make the right choices and be much more cognizant about things that, that we say and do. Absolutely. So, and I and, think, I think we're kind of entering this moment in culture where it's almost not your 15 minutes of fame. It's your 15 minutes of cancellation. Mm. And we gotta, we gotta work on that. I think there has to be room for people to grow and acknowledge their past mistakes and change. But there are so many people that say they're going to do that and then they don't actually do it. Yeah. So it really takes, it takes thought and learning and and learning. You have to be able to say like, Hey, I fucked up. Yeah. People are way less mad when you raise your hand and you're like, I messed up. I'm going to fix it. Here's my plan. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Okay. I want to go back to the question on noise. And then I want to come back okay. to our final question of, th- of our three pearls of wisdom, okay. but um, noise on the internet, there's so much noise. How yeah. do you, how do you show up and value and make sure you're not just noise? I wish I had like a perfect, beautiful answer to that, but uh, I'm still a human being who's also been on the internet since I was like 13 years old, right? <laughs> Cause there is also like, it feels good to post and get engagement. So sometimes you are posting just for you. I just, if you ever feel the need to comment on someone else's body or life, or just like totally slash them with negativity, take a moment and pause and think, what's the effect of this? Because there's a person behind every single account and your comments, they'll see them. Yes. So if you feel the need to be leaving mean comments on the internet, I really encourage you to like get up, take a walk, find a therapist Mm. because it's not about them. Mm. So, so wise, so (laughs) wise. Can I send you to my brother? Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Awesome. 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 Okay. So where can people learn more about you? You can follow me everywhere on the internet. Um, My handles are Nick Ollier, N-I-K, 
A-L-I-Y-E. Um, I would love to hear from you guys. And Whaler is W-H-A-L-A-R. So if you want to sort of see more of what the company is doing, definitely follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Cool. I will go follow them. Okay. The final question I'm going to close with are what three pearls of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience today? I've been thinking about this and of course I'm (laughs) nervous about it. I forgot. So I would say my first pearl of wisdom is uh, put your phone away for an evening and see how it feels. See how you feel. Try a weekend not being on your phone. Hallelujah. A whole weekend. That sounds great. It's the best. It's the best. Um, my second pearl of wisdom is to, if you are going to put content on the internet, make sure that you are being true to yourself and that it's content that you would stand by five years from now mm, as nice. well. Nice. And my third pearl of wisdom, look around, look at your team, look at the people that you are working with and see who has been the most quiet Mm. and check in on them and say, how is it going? Is there anything I can do to make your life easier? Because the people that are suffering the most in the workplace are not going to tell you they are going to be heads down in the work and you will lose them. And they're frankly not doing so hot. So I would say, check on your hardest working, most quiet employees. Hmm, That's awesome, Nikki. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun fun. and thankful to PodMax for connecting us today. Totally. um, Thank you so much. Thank you. Such a pleasure. I had a great time. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time.